All right, this is The Yay, I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. And this is The Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! We have um, Tandiwe, Thomas DeShore, Tashazer. How's it going, Tandiwe? It's going great, man. I'm All really right. happy to be here. Yeah, I know. Man, we haven't seen each other since uh, Richard Wright, where you were James Baldwin, now it's oh, Richard. that's right. <laughs> you I know. didn't get to see Children of the Last Days? Oh no! Oh. Tell me about that. There's a whole lot. We'll, we'll get into it. There's a yeah. whole lot of history between well, the three of us, so it's kind of wonderful to come back together. It's been a decade. Yeah, no family reunion. Wow. It's amazing how time flies. I mean, my dad wow. tells me all the time, you know, like uh, after you hit the age of thirty, right, the time goes boom, just like that. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, ten, ten years ago. Yeah, we did um, yeah. Children of the Last Days. Richard Wright, the mm-hmm. mysterious life and death of Richard Wright. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Which is ironic because you're with your new piece. We may be revisiting Richard Wright again that's this right. fall. That's right. Four Men in Paris will be up on in August. We're still trying to find a place, uh, a space. I'm sorry. Oh, August, August, October. Space? October. October. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to give you a heart attack but since you'll be directing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what a shame, Tandiwe, that you know we're looking for James Baldwin, and uh, I don't think you'll be available. So. Oh, but we, we, we got figure some it out. We got some out. <laughs> but um, but you're in Atlanta now, right? The uh, Dirty Dirty ATL. The Dirty Dirty ATL. Yeah. Yes, I've been there since 2000. And I think the end of 2011 or 2012. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I I pretty much fell in love and moved. Mm-hmm. Moved to Atlanta. Oh, y'all moved and moved. And, and then, we, we moved and, and then moved. y'all settled in. We're, we're settled in Atlanta. We've been there for about five or six years. Mm-hmm. And nice. It's no, working. Really nice. Yeah. yeah. So, Norman, as I ask you, uh, well, I, I was away. Uh, I went to, uh, I to India. I can't wait to hear more about that. <laughs> sure. But but how was your week, your couple, the last couple of weeks? And happy birthday, happy belated birthday tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, my wife. It's, it's funny because as a single person, when you start to get to those older birthdays, unless you've got that fabulous friend or group of friends who make sure that you have a party, you start going, fuck it, it's my birthday. I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> and I really feel like she's in that mode because mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, it's going to be your birthday. What are we going to do? I don't know. <laughs> right. But let's do something. Okay. But you're not helping. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, what we did do was uh, Tuesday night, she's got a regular gig every other Tuesday in San Francisco, cute little place in the mission called Cha Cha Cha. Mm-hmm. They have a fabulous bar, wonderful kitchen, and this little group plays, and they are, it's pretty wonderful. Uh, there's even a little tiny space where people mm-hmm. eventually start dancing. <clears throat> I've been a few times after my rehearsals, and this was the first time where my show is open. So yeah. that's the biggest news. Mm-hmm. And I finally had a Tuesday night off, so I could go and sit for the whole mm-hmm. Tuesday night. So that was our – we went and we had dinner. Now, is this Streetcar? Or, or is this Oh, no, this show? is um, – for me, it's uh, Lucia Berlin. That's right. Streetcar is Ubuntu, which okay. is closing this weekend. So when we get to shout-outs, I want to sure, definitely sure, get that because sure. – now dueling streetcars are happening. That's here. right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, me that the big thing was getting the show up. Uh, Lucia Berlin stories, word for word, at the Z space. Z space below. Technically, mm-hmm. it's the little space mm. below Z space. Mm-hmm. Um, as we opened, they told us we were pretty much sold out. Wow. And to date, if you pull up the thing for tickets, almost every day says mm. sold out. Well, that's great. Great news. And we just added two shows. So mm-hmm. March 3rd, which is a Saturday, we're going to add a matinee. So that's going to be a two-show day for us. That's going to be a okay. hellish weekend next weekend. <laughs> so that means we'll be out or we'll have to figure out what to do. We'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah. No, well, I have to be there at 2.30. 
Oh, okay. So we'll it is possible. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. we get in and get out, I, sure. I, sh- I should be okay. Um, but yeah, there's that. And then uh, and then uh, we're adding a Tuesday show, the last week, uh, mm-hmm. the 6th, I think it is. Okay. Whatever that Tuesday is, a 7 o'clock show. Yeah. So the show is going great. Um, there are so many moving parts in a word-for-word show. Mm-hmm. You're dealing with pieces of text. Mm-hmm. You're dealing with you know set pieces, costume pieces, props, in a way that not every show does. And... So we were able to put all that together to the point that by the time we open, we are this wonderful machine. Mm-hmm. And the occasional somebody drop the line moment either flows or there's so much activity happening on stage that it just becomes a quiet moment for a second and then we shift. Mm-hmm. And it's usually a beat change. That's when it mm-hmm. happens. It's usually a, oh, hell, what do we do now? Um, if you don't know word for word, they do. Everything is from literature and – Exactly, as it is written on the page. So he said, she said, descriptive stuff, narrative stuff. You turn all that into character sometimes. So we have talking closets. Mm. <laughs> we, ha- you know, She goes to get her coat, her jacket out of the closet. Oh, and that's yeah. Somebody yeah. handing her her jacket out of the closet. They yeah. come over and they become the closet. Sure. Um, mm. So there's all kinds of that kind of stuff happening. I play – one of the guys um, – did a bunch of photos of his different characters. He's really gorgeous. I posted that on Facebook because mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah. I haven't done that yet, but I'm thinking I might try because I play – in just the prison story, I play a prisoner, a guard, the warden. Um, I think those are the only ones – oh, no, two different prisoners. That's right. I have to come up with two different characters in that one. In another story, I play a bird, a, <laughs> a, a – um, Vermont commuter, Connecticut commuter, I can't remember, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, a drunk, wow. uh, you know, just yeah. a SWAT team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just, we're constantly shifting. And yeah. so I counted, I play like at least two dozen characters in the whole show. Yeah. How, how many people were in that, that particular piece? I mean, um, well, there's, uh, I think there's eight of us total. There's okay. seven or eight of us. Yeah. And um, and we're all in and out and in and out sure. and in and out. Those gorgeous little moments where they're just two people on stage, yeah, they become a different thing. And even the moment with the bird, I don't say anything. I just climb up and I become the bird. Yeah. And another actor becomes the cat sleeping, ignoring the bird because she says, "My life is so good now; it's peaceful. I live in this place where there's this beautiful scene. Today, a tanager, mm-hmm. you know, landed on a branch outside my window. My cat was sleeping and didn't notice it." Mm. And that moment always gets this big laugh when they see the bird and laugh when they see the cat stretch mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not it's like it's it's just these funny little moments of acting. Yeah. Um but it's gorgeous. And this is the piece that's going to France. So Fantastic. We we are on our way and who's in a show that sold out before you even open? That's crazy. That's yeah. Crazy. Well obviously they're doing something pretty good as far as um Marketing, marketing. And well, it's the 25th anniversary, so that was a part of it. Uh, people have been looking forward to this, and they did a great job of workshopping. Mm-hmm. Which, as a theater artist, I do this all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we could get some money while we figure out what to do with this piece. We don't have to just try to put it together on our dime and then put it up. Mm-hmm. There are people who are interested enough in the process to allow that. So, Lucia Berlin had two workshops mm. that were really well attended. Mm. So, and, nice. you know, so, yeah, there are people who were excited to come <coughs> see the final product. I hope they're satisfied. Yeah. <laughs> we're pretty proud of it. Cool. And, yeah, and that's been my life. Yeah, wow. yeah. The last couple of weeks. 
So, uh, yeah, um, that's fantastic. We'll talk more about Lucia Berlin and also, you know, you heading to France. I just came back from uh, India and had a wonderful, basically it was a uh, Valentine's Day, you know, thing with with me and uh, the lady friend that I was spending time with. And uh, how ironic, the very, you know, day, February the 14th, that I'm spending time with her in Dimapur, which is a remote area in India. Mm -hmm. Uh, We went to Delhi. I went to Delhi and then to Kolkata. And then to Dimapur, where I mm-hmm. spent five days. The exact same day, February the 14th, that I'm spending time with her, events happened in Florida. Where, oh, right. Um, uh-huh. the, uh, the kid, 19-year-old kid, on Valentine's Day, you know, shot up, uh, I think, 17 people died, mm-hmm. which is uh, very, very sad. Right. So, it was intense. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I, uh, I mean. And I the ar- reactions have been intense. Mm-hmm. The reactions have been intense. Well, you know, it's fascinating. So I, I had another podcast, and we were talking about how the kids have really taken the stand. And, you know, they're going to protest. They're mm-hmm. really going to be a march in Washington. Mm-hmm. I've been looking uh, a couple of days ago at uh, the CNN town hall meeting right. where they uh, confronted Mark Rubio. Mark Rubio, which mm-hmm. is great. I love yeah, that. And, yeah, and also, Marco. <coughs> mm-hmm. and also the NRA spokeswoman, um, her name is uh, Dana Loesch. Mm. Really, this, I mean, just... She's slick. She is slick. Yeah. But we no longer live in the age of media where you can be a good spokesperson and just say some stuff that is absolutely wrong and heinous and get away with that because it gets on the 6 o'clock news and now everybody's thinking about it. Yeah. Well, she really tried to change the narrative with that. She tried. Well, I mean, what's so infuriating about it, we have these just young kids who are just speaking out of the just the goodness of their hearts, and of mm-hmm. course they don't know how to respond. They're not in the political field, right? So mm-hmm. when you have these politicians saying, "Well, listen, I f- really, really feel for your pain," and uh, well, this is this is my three-step process on what we're going to do, and right. this is what I've done in the past, and right. you know, a lot of that's just going way over these kids' heads. They want direct answers, absolutely, and. and for Trump well, but they also they understand it, but yeah. they also understand when that's not answering the question. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. they were able to bring it back. I love that. So Rubio at one point says, "Well, I mean, the problem with this is if we if we if we pass the assault weapons ban, I mean, that would be, the only way that would work is if you covered all semi-automatic weapons." The crowd roars exactly. their approval. It's like, yeah, exactly. He thinks this <laughs> like, talking point is going to shut down the conversation, and instead, <clears throat> it just blasted the. I mean, you have to give courage of him. I mean, there are no other GOP senators who would step up and take that abuse. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) it's also his fault because you don't have to be evil. What do you think, Tim? What do you think about what's going on? No, I think that I I was – when you said I have to give courage to him because no other senator would take that abuse, I was like, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, But he definitely – it was it, – it's great to see the young people yeah. really galvanize themselves and, like, get out there and protest. And I, I, I just really – I hope that it that it stays. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like I hope that when they're of voting age and the ones that can vote yeah. right. and really get out there and get behind a candidate uh, that, that, that they support. Mm-hmm. I think I read somewhere that in certain – like I think it was a Kansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 oh, scrambling the governor? because some other there's some <laughs> there are some people that are running for governor for governorship. Right. There's the like half a dozen half a dozen teenagers yeah. that are like you know what we can handle this and I lo- and I love that yeah. energy yeah. that is now like the yeah. fact that young people are galvanized now because and I posted like well you know 
we have the president that we deserve. Right. right. Because <laughs> because we haven't been taking care of business. And, and right. if, these, if these young people want to come up and say something, yeah. I definitely I support that because there is – my generation is probably a part of that. Which is, there's apathy, and right. or people that just did not decide, right? Didn't didn't vote. I think <clears> that got shut down in the old school right. ways of getting shut down. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, we've confused it. Oh, we've just disgusted you with the process. Oh, we found all mm-hmm. these ways to turn you off. Yeah. Now Absolutely. there's this new energy that goes. No, no, no. We know what we think the problem is. Yeah. We know what we think, and we're asking you to yeah. respond mm-hmm. to our suggestions. Yeah. And Absolutely. wait, you're not responding. Right. And it's going to take a Democrat. I mean, when you talk about, you know, when Obama ran, you know, people were really energized and people right. ran to the, the to the voting booths to, right. to vote. Right. So it's going to take a galvanizing Democratic leader. I think mm-hmm. the question now for the Democrat, now that there's an opening, okay, who's going to step in Absolutely. and really take this energy and run with it? I still think Kamala Harris is going to run for president in 2020. Uh, huh. I, well, yeah, I mean. <laughs> that would be lovely. Yeah. I, I think that that's a, that's. That would be absolutely lovely. I mean, I don't know uh, what Elizabeth Warren has right. on her on her or, plate. Or Cory Booker, or Cory um, Booker. Yeah, that would be or, those would be really great, great yeah. options. But I definitely think that we do need somebody to come up and be like the voice for these these young people because mm-hmm. obviously, if you look at what the the, the whole Rubio, <laughs> you can see that there is a disconnect of him not listening. Right. So an yeah. entire group of people just Well, I mean, there's a bit, of, yeah, there's a bit of dog whistling going on where mm-hmm. he's really right. speaking to his own constituents. Oh, absolutely. He's trying to right. take right. a look at the, the beating that I'm taking for you mm-hmm. right. to protect your right to bear arms. And right. it's just, it's, it's wow. It, I, I can never understand why people are so obsessed with their guns mm-hmm. that I I can't help but feel like it's propaganda. Yeah. I, I can't help but feel – because that's – I have a very intelligent cousin. Yeah. Um, my age, just retired. And, you know, it, he he started working at GM straight – He went, GM put him through school. Hmm. And then he went to work for GM. He worked mm. for GM. So now he was able to take retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's very much a gun owner. And mm-hmm. believes in that. And not just a gun owner, he's a black gun owner. Mm. And so his arguments, <clears throat> where his arguments and the NRA's arguments come together is that whole notion of, I need to have a gun to protect myself from y'all, from the system. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and right. I'm like, okay, number one, mm-hmm. I truly, honestly, am not trying to take your gun. You are mm-hmm. a law-abiding citizen. You are a law-abiding, sane, mentally stable right. citizen. I am not trying to take your gun or infringe now, on your rights. Now, if he has an automatic weapon, I am. I am trying to take, take those. Yeah. Those I am. There's but no I don't think those. that's yeah, what he's I, arguing I, for. Right. Um, you know, I think he said he even has a concealed weapon permit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, again, all of that is cool. If you are a responsible person and you think that you need to carry your weapon around mm-hmm. with you and you are truly responsible about it, I got no problem with that. Mm-hmm. But you are standing between us and these nut jobs. Right. Who are Absolutely. not you. And, <clears throat> right. and so he was arguing that. And I'm like, okay, you know, you know one, one that undercuts that argument? That you need your weapons against the government? The government's got nuclear bombs. The government's got tanks. The <laughs> yeah. government's got drones. The government and, and the can take of the, you of out. The anti-government. I mean, really, who's not? Who's going to break down your door? And like, unless you're a drug dealer, or unless you're doing something illegal, when is really the government? I mean, I understand the theoretical thing mm-hmm. of you know protecting the government, and that's mm-hmm. what you know. That's what created the Second Amendment. It, it didn't. 
It did not create the Second Amendment. What created the Second Amendment Mm -hmm. was, number one, slaves. Yeah. They wanted to give Virginia particularly was pushing to make sure that they ah, had this is the history laws. I need. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing is specifically what does yeah. the Second Amendment say and what is it about? It was about making sure it, it says the wording of the Second Amendment is talking about the tyrannous governments from other places yeah, exactly. trying to take us and two we don't want to have a standing army. The original Congress did not want a standing army, did not allow a standing army. Mm-hmm. So we don't have a standing army. So another tyrannous government <clears throat> could try to come in and take us. Therefore, all citizens must be armed in order to mm-hmm. have a well-regulated militia. Well-regulated right. is the key word. And yeah. I, have yet, I, I challenge any Second Amendment advocate to talk to me about this because every time I bring up that part, they just shut up. Yeah. Well-regulated militia, and and I got to and I and I'm ready for those arguments. Well-regulated mm-hmm. militia. Well, who's going to control that? You know what, Reg, you can. Tondiwe, you can. Mm-hmm. You can have a militia. Let's say that we put a law that says there has to be so many people. It can't just be you and your buddy, mm-hmm. but maybe six <laughs> of you, ten of you. Y'all can be a militia. Y'all have to be well-regulated. How is that defined? You define it. Mm-hmm. You come up with whatever regulations you want. But when mm-hmm. one of your members goes off and kills somebody. We're going to come to you and we're going to look at your regulations again right. and say, maybe you're not so well regulated. Right. Well, we, we have an army. We have, the, you know, the, the most, you know, the greatest armed forces on, on the planet. The world. Right. Oh, yeah. So the whole need of a military doesn't. Well, no. you're not. But it was never meant to go right. up against our <coughs> army. Right. And it right. can't. Right. But I also and, and I also to direct that address that one directly. Mm-hmm. I got no problem with the ar- argument about that. Let's limit the military power mm-hmm. to what we, the citizens, have. Okay. So, y'all got nukes? Okay, so the city of Oakland, y'all got so many nukes, the city of Oakland is a certain size, we get control of a nuke. Hmm. <laughs> the state of California gets control of so many nukes. No, I, and what, mm-hmm. what that I think will lead to is the, you know what, I really don't want exactly. Idaho having a nuke. I don't want Montana having a yeah. nuke. I damn sure mm-hmm. don't want Georgia no, mm-hmm. no offense. <laughs> yeah. I don't want these folks having a nuke. So yeah. maybe we need to reduce the yeah. number of these things. Mm-hmm. Right. So the cops can't have more guns than we have. Right. City of Oakland. Now there you go. City of Oakland. <clears throat> citizens. Yeah. Cops mm-hmm. have X number. Citizens can have X mm-hmm. number. Yeah. Like Ferguson, Missouri. You know, like yeah. the 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 militarization. Right. Of uh, of the of the. Um, the police. Y'all, y'all can't necessary. have a tank. No tank. If right. We can't have anti-tank stuff. Right. Right. No, right. That, that makes perfect yeah. sense. I did have a quick question for you. So, Trump is creating this narrative that the sheriff. There's a poor sheriff who I guess stayed out. Uh, he no, was there was the armed yeah. guard on yeah, armed guard. campus. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Who didn't do shit. Now it turns out there were three deputies right outside, now. sat outside with weapons drawn. Yeah, and other another police organization came in and immediately went into the building. Wow! And yeah. so that is now being looked at. And at first, I was mad at them, and then I thought, wait a minute, you know what? You gonna go in there with your little pistol exactly. when you know there's automatic there's weapons inside? Exactly. No, I'm not requiring you to do that. Why don't we get rid of all these weapons? Right. Semi-automatic. Exactly. Because I I love Trump loves using antiquated, non-political language Mm -hmm. to to dog whistle to his base. Exactly. So he said, I want to ban all machine guns. 
What's your definition of machine gun? Exactly. Right. The right is saying, well, we're not talking. These are not assault weapons. These are not automatic weapons. Yeah, they're saying What's the AR-15 right. is not an automatic it's weapon. It's a semi-automatic weapon. I'm like, okay, same list. Mm-hmm. Anything where you can pull a trigger and it will still keep going pop, 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 pop. No. Right. <laughs> I want you to click, pow. Yeah. Click, pow. That's right. what I want you to do. Yeah. That, that you got every right to that. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this, Tandy Way. I mean, did you grow up in a neighborhood where there was gun violence or, 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 or what happened? <laughs> what, Detroit? I'm actually laughing. Detroit? Well, I, I grew up well, in Detroit. I mean, uh, I, mean I, I know Detroit right. now, but I mean. Well, you know, I actually grew up, up in the northern suburbs of Detroit. Okay. <laughs> so I grew up in a very, um, you know, I, I, I was not around a lot of violence or mm-hmm. anything like that. I did have. Um, family members that were, mm-hmm. um, my fa- my stepfather, um, is actually a police officer, mm. but I will tell you, he was, a, he's a police officer in Detroit. We were in a city called wow. Oak Park. Yeah. Uh, a little bit outside of Detroit. Yeah. But I will tell you this, that I never saw his gun even right when he was, you know, on the force and he's still on the force now. It was something that was never really, you know, we just were just kind of like, we don't. We don't do guns. Yeah. He has a gun for his job, and right. that is what you know. We we just. My dad's a sheriff yeah. deputy, and I right? think I think he had a wow. safe in mm-hmm. the garage. Yeah. But I never, you know, he kept it wherever it was. He kept yeah. that mm-hmm. quiet, and if you knew about it, you knew that was a like no negotiation yeah. thing. You did not go right. There. Wow. It just was never. It was never. We didn't have a uh, a type of atmosphere where he took me out shooting or things like that. No, yeah. it was we. Um, I knew that he had a gun in the house, mm-hmm. locked up in in his little basement room. Yeah, but and, and but we grew up with a re- we grew up in a very diverse neighborhood, very safe. Um, we knew that there was violence around, and, and and the last time I spoke with him, we were talking about. He's like, as a Detroit police officer, he he knew that the firepower firepower that they had on the streets was mm-hmm. was bigger than the firepower that they had. Yeah, oh yeah, out, you know, it, on the force. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and you know, having a, uh, a a dad who's a who's a police officer is a it's a slippery slope, especially nowadays because you're just kind of like, well, I'm supposed to say f the police, but it's also you know yeah. the militant in me is yeah. just like, oh, I don't yeah. like it. Well, I mean, I, I work with the DA's office. I work along cops and investigators and inspectors all the time. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, when it comes to reducing gun violence. Cops don't want to have guys with AR-15s because, you know, exactly. when you got 911 call, you got to answer to that call. Right. They're the ones who have to go into the line. They have to Absolutely. go in. Right. So I don't feel bad for uh, the, um, the, the cop who was or, you know, the person, the, deputy. the, the, the right. security guard mm-hmm. who was there at that school. Right. I'm mm-hmm. sure a semi-retired guy is like, oh, there's just a bunch of kids. Right. All of a sudden, there's a 19-year-old kid with an AR-15. I've got to run in. Right. Oh my God, I'd be afraid Absolutely. too. Right. And what? And there's this whole narrative that is ridiculous to me about arming teachers right now. Like, right. It's just what dumb. kind of what kind of weapon are you going to give a teacher if a, yeah. if a guy comes in with an AR-15? You're going to yeah. give her a revolver? See, or are they going to wear it on their hip? Yeah. Are they going to wear it on the hip? See, I think sociologically about this because I was talking on the last podcast. We have this fetish. I mean, I think about. Um, um, Dirty Harry, mm-hmm. Dirty Harry, right. and Death Wish, and right. the lone cop, oh, lethal right. weapon. You know, right. the cop that's not going to listen to the superiors and is just going right. to do his own right. thing. And it's it's almost like a 20th century version 
of the Wild West. Mm-hmm. Right. The guy that walks into you Very know much. the the old town right. who's right. going to save the day. The right. good guy with the gun. Right. That is what we have. We love the good guy with the gun. Yeah. Always white. Right. And and owning the gun. Matter of fact, Tandi, when you mentioned your your dad and you know and your dad Norman with with a gun. There's a difference between a white person with a gun. I don't want to. I'm really not. An, I'm, I'm not anti-white at all. But it is. There is a white privilege. <laughs> there absolutely is. But you're but right. You're on yeah. the right track. I get where you're going. Because a black person with a gun, like I remember my my dad, who's one of the most peaceful guys that I know. Right. Spent his you know entire industry you know but he was in the army but basically he was a graphic designer and he was a singer all of his life. Mm-hmm. One day there was um, and we were in the, we were in a, a neighborhood where places got broken into all the time. There was domestic violence <laughs> happening all the time, uh, drug stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. And one night I remember being a kid and he had a shotgun in his hand mm-hmm. and he had tears in his eyes because you know an act of violence happened on a member oh. of his family mm. and it's one of those things where if a black person has a gun mm-hmm. they really really need it i mean right. it's, it's one of those things where right something has driven me to do this Absolutely. it's not a, it's not a thing of I privilege i never thought of it in those terms right. I like, I we don't like pull out guns for fun that's the thing. Yeah. Nine times I out mean, of ten, you know, they, right. of course, there's there these rappers black. who are like, you know, yo, right. I got my. But you know, a lot of that's just promotion, right? Right. right. But yeah. nine times out of ten, when we pull out a gun, it is for a real reason. We're not, mm. you know, yeah, there are black hunters out there and stuff like that. And, you yeah. Know, right. But at the, it, <clears throat> by and large, mm-hmm. when you're pulling out a gun, you're either ready to use it. You've been pushed to a certain limit. That right. And it's not a fun decision. And you know, if a cop approaches you with a gun. You got right. it exactly. Well, there Absolutely. was a shooting here. Uh, Bart cop yeah. just shot somebody. Wow. And uh, well, yay for body cams because mm. you see, boy if is standing. It was on. Yeah, he's standing in West Oakland. Bart, I, you see the image. Like I know exactly where that is. He's standing there just yeah. past the turnstile. Oscar Grant. That happened at the West Oakland Bar too. No, that Fruit happened Vail. at Fruitvale. Oh, the Fruitvale. Okay, yeah. no, yeah. no, no. This very because they look the same. This mm. was yeah. No, this was gunshots fired. Yeah. He was responding to gunshots fired, mm-hmm. and you saw people running into the station, and he's running out going, where, where, where? Mm-hmm. And I think I saw this. He's running, yeah. and you, it's a minute clip. Because he's you, running into the uh, parking area, right? He runs past the parking area, yeah. across the street. There are two guys on the corner across the street fighting mm-hmm. as he runs up, and they have, you know, they've taken stills, and they're circling. There's a thing. Which they still have not identified yet. Mm-hmm. Um, that he claims was a weapon. Yeah. And the two guys were struggling, and he said they were struggling for it. He claims it was in one of their hands, and that's the guy. The other guy was fighting to keep the guy from using it. Oh, he boy. runs up, says, "Hands in your hair, hands in the air. Let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. Let me see your hands." All of a sudden, the guy, the guy's back to him. Mm-hmm. He throws his. He, if he threw his hands up, that would be one thing. But he doesn't. He spins around. And the cop goes, bam, 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 and gets him in his back. Oh, so he wow. was in the process of turning, and then they circle again on the, on the sidewalk, and you see this thing. Now, their argument, the Barton narrative, is their gun was in somebody's hand. They were struggling over the gun. The guy was turning with the gun, and mm-hmm. that's why he shot him. Mm-hmm. It's not clear from the video that that's true, that's but so. it's definitely possible. Mm-hmm. And even if it isn't true... Running up on a situation where you think, where you have reason, if there is a gun, this yeah. is the thing. If they do identify a gun, then I think they got to leave this cop alone. Mm. And I hate having to say that, but I think they do. If they don't identify a gun, then it becomes one of those, oh, I was in fear of my life. 
situations. Yeah, right. yeah I, I wonder. Yeah. I wonder about things like that because you wow. have two individuals struggling. Who do you know is the perpetrator? I mean, who do you know you is the Ex- good guy or bad really guy? Or well, that's the whole good guy with a gun bullshit. It's like right. mm-hmm. in a crowded place, if you are the police coming in, if you are the responders coming right. in, right. all you know is there is a guy and a gun. And I had a big argument with a young guy about this recently where he was like, well, no. Like if they had an undercover person, they'd know there's no undercover do they have a picture of what he's wearing today? <laughs> exactly. Do they know what he looks like? Exactly. Yeah. If I'm going in looking for somebody with a gun, I see somebody with a gun. Right. How? Right. How? That could gun. be an undercover cop. That they could shot. Be a, yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, and that stat. That stat out there. Black yeah. undercover cops get shot more than white undercover yeah. cops oh, by absolutely. cops. Yep. Uh, but then the other one that comes up is this whole arming teachers. You arm teachers. You're talking about black students are going to die. Absolutely. And imagine you, <clears throat> you're doing each one reach one, or let's say you're doing another thing. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, hey, you know, we want you to, do you have a weapon? You know, right. can you imagine having to mm-hmm. now learn mm-hmm. on top of all the, I mean, that's a lot of stress put on a Absolutely. teacher. Well, and who's arguing for this? Trump. The NRA is arguing yeah, for course. this. And so can, at their last convention, their they would not let people in with guns. <laughs> Wow. The city, the, had, the Irish, city yeah. had an open carry policy, yeah. and they still would not let people in with guns. I yeah. was like, but you believe in people with guns? I right. think it's wonderful. Yeah, I think it's great. No, my husband is a um, is an educator. He's worked in education for years, mm-hmm. and he he speaks a lot about um, by and large, teachers mm-hmm. are white women. Mm-hmm. That you know, right. that's one of the mm-hmm. narratives, and yeah. a part of that is. You know, black young black men. When we talk about the school to prison pipeline, right? Young black men are criminalized easily by their teachers. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, it, that's right. Right, being put in remedial classes. Yeah, um, and more, black girls. And black girls, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Being, you know, that you look at the disciplinary ways that that you know the levels of the disparities of mm-hmm. like how black mm-hmm. men and black black girls are mm-hmm. treated, and so you're going to see. A lot more black children getting killed by their yeah. teachers because there's this fear that right. a lot of them have of you're a little white lady and who's this six foot tall black man right. yeah. who is who is it's fourteen you are challenging right. you right. and is literally fourteen or thirteen right. but yeah. still yeah. right you know is right. You know, and you you put that up to a jury. What what is everyone going to say? Well, oh, right, she was yeah, she was scared. Look at look at look at him. Right, even though he's a child. Right, right, that's not going to matter. Yeah, right. absolutely right. That's oh, just yeah. the way it is. And so you got to no, see I, more I of posted that. it, and somebody, nice friend, was like, and it's funny. I love this guy because he'll mm. private message me about this <laughs> shit. <laughs> he's like. Are you sure? I mean, I just don't know. Because I, I said, <laughs> you armed teachers, black kids are going to start dying Absolutely. in school. Yep. Black students. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm not sure. And I'm like, yeah. if you arm teachers, students are going to get shot disproportionately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Black students are I, going I to get shot. I can just imagine shot. a court case where, you know, some white woman's like, well, I just pointed the gun and all of a sudden it just went off and right. I don't know what happened. Right. And it's right. like, oh, well. Okay, no no right. problem. Yeah. Because what I want, I mean, if you're going to arm teachers, I want them to have psychological training the same right. way that that you do supposedly with police officers. With police with, officers, right, with good training. Yeah. With good training. You want them trained well. Yeah. We don't have the budget for that. We right. barely got books. Right, right. So why are we, how are we, we going to find the money to right. keep teachers trained? And you're going to retrain a teacher who spent 20 some odd years on teaching mm-hmm. now has to go back <clears> into some sort of training for guns. 
because of it doesn't make any sense. We were talking about you know um, school and knuckleheads and stuff earlier. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine that knucklehead student if it's, if the teacher has it on their hip. I can imagine that knucklehead student who just spends their day staring at that, trying to figure out, ooh, I bet if I did this or mm-hmm. ooh, she didn't clasp it today. I bet I could. Sure. You know that kid, and they're not trying to do anything or hurt yeah. anybody. But they're they just being a knucklehead. Yeah. yeah. Which Absolutely. it increases the danger. So now Absolutely. there's a struggle over a weapon in a classroom. Oh my! Right. No. Yeah. Right. Absolutely not. Yeah. Nope. Hopefully. Oh, did you know this though about the kids that are protesting? Yeah. Theater. They're theater students. Excellent. Oh, I See, love that, 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 that Theater students are leading this cause, yeah. and so and and I love the little list of and it said and this all happened in nine days. They got a. Uh, aid. They mm-hmm. got a legal, uh, not a legal, a legislative aid fired because he lied. Oh, these are actors coming in from out of town. They go to these things. Oh, God. Oh, I, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. Fired. I'm like, oh, I'm loving this. And there's no way this legislature is going to be able to dance around it. Even if they say no, <laughs> all they're going to do, these kids are going to dig in. You've given these kids something to focus on. Yeah. Absolutely. I just hope that, um, like what you were saying, Tendiwe, that they keep it going on because. Absolutely. God forbid there's another hot issue that happens next week, right. which knocks this off the page. But for God's sake, how many more kids, how many more Sandy Hooks are we going to have Absolutely. before we do something about getting rid of these automatic, semi-automatic weapons, removing gun shows, right. mm-hmm. which are used to circumvent the gun laws yeah. Absolutely. in all these states? Yeah. yeah. I feel like I was telling people, they're like, I, I was, I'm, I'm showing my age. I was, oh. I was in high school during, I was just getting out of high school. During Columbine, yeah. uh-huh. which Ooh. I kind of feel was like the the first of the rash in sure. the past yeah. 10, 15 years of like, right. this is, we are the kids of, we're the school <laughs> shooting generation. Right, yeah. Yeah. right. Yeah. And it's really up to, uh, like, I feel like when we start galvanizing ourselves and really get, it's, it's up to us. And like, I think that at this point, these kids have lived with it for so long. Mm-hmm. Right. These right. kids right now, these yeah. the, 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 the kids in Florida, they're they're sick and tired. Yeah, they've seen it. the president mm. cry. That's right. And nothing get done. Yes, yeah. they saw the president cry, and then you see the the current person there give the the worst absolute reaction. If you've seen some of the sure. videos of he's yeah. he's smiling and giving thumbs up. Yeah, I mean one right day there. one day he's saying, "Wow, it's <laughs> really really hard. These are difficult questions, which I don't think is difficult at all. Just right. get, you right. know, just get rid of these guns." Uh-huh. And then the very next day he's like arm the teachers and you know he's giving right. praises to the NRA. Right. When he's not right. talking about how this is Russia. If you weren't concentrating on Russia, right, exactly. we would we would be yeah. which is another smoldering pot. I mean, that's another issue. Oh, um yeah. But we've talked about politics. It's going to keep rolling. <laughs> <laughs> that one, that one, Russia will be here next week. Exactly. Oh, yeah. So let's get into an origin story. Uh, so, Tandiwe, how did you get involved in theater? I mean, um, oh, do, did you act when you were a kid? I did. The first show that I did was, oh, well, the first was The Music Man. All mm. right. The Music Man. Mm. I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, what do you talk? What do you talk? What do you talk? Uh. In Music Man. <laughs> I, I was, um, it was really, I, I, you know, so I did theater all throughout high school. My first job, as soon as I got out of high school, was working for Oakland County Parks, which was, I sang and danced for old people mm-hmm. and, and some Oakland County, now was that here in Oakland? No, 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 or no, no, no. Oakland, in, Oakland Michigan. in Michigan. Oakland in Michigan, Michigan. Yeah. Okay, got it. We don't yeah. have a county, we just okay. have a yeah, city. Right. City. Yeah, Oakland County, which is a, 
uh, a very affluent county in Michigan. Um, and I worked singing and dancing for them. Right. Um, <clears throat> I went to Wayne State for a little while to study theater, and I got a little discouraged by, oh, yeah. like, the lack of oh. <laughs> color in theater. Oh. This was, and I was just kind of like, why do I have to wait until Black History Month to do a show? Right. I was, mm. it was really, I, and, you know, I was dealing with a whole bunch of other things that was coming out at the same time. Mm-hmm. I was dealing with family things. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to do uh, do that. Mm-hmm. So I ended up leaving school, but still still working in theater, working a lot with poetry and writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually I moved to, I moved to Oakland. Mm. And I met Norman. All right. That was the funniest thing. Yeah. I was at a bar with Richard. <laughs> Talavera, yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, it's um, uh, Van Cleef's. Yes. Wonderful mm-hmm. bar. Um, crazy. It, it was probably more eclectic back in the day. Mm-hmm. But um, Now, what year is this? This is like 2007. Mm-hmm. 2006, 2000. Oh, yeah. wow. Almost. No, it was, it was when we were doing the readings. Yeah, so it was, was the 2007. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was right before. Yeah, right yeah. before mm-hmm. we were getting ready to put the show up. Mm-hmm. And um, and Richard had been working – Richard and I had been working on the research for this script. Mm-hmm. And we were sitting there having a drink, and the bar used to have all kinds of stuff all over the place, including a big framed portrait of A Great Day in Harlem. Yeah. You know, the jazz yeah, photo. And I was trying to tell Richard everything I knew about it, which isn't much. I just don't know all these <laughs> jazz folks. Yeah. But I know, like, the drummers are in certain mm-hmm. areas of the photos and stuff like that. Yeah. And if you've ever seen the footage of it, them coming together <coughs> and all the greetings and stuff, it's amazing. It's beautiful. Yeah. So I'm yeah. trying to draw up everything I can. And finally, all I can finish with is, and you see that little line of kids in the front? They were just kids playing in the street, and one of the guys said, hey, get those kids over there, because that's mm-hmm. the future, and they mm-hmm. had them sit down in front. I, I remember this photo, yeah. yeah. yeah it's a great photo. Yeah. We finished talking about it, and we got it. We're holding it up, and all of a sudden, this young man walks over and is like, you know, that's a great photo. In fact, and he starts saying basically everything I was just saying. <laughs> I was like, who the hell yeah, is this? Yeah, there's little kids in there. You know, you know that part? The same thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And his hair was just wild. It's still mm-hmm. wild. It's <laughs> Um, and yeah, he was a wild too. My mine was yes. <laughs> and we start talking, and the more we're talking, I'm like, who the fuck is it? And <laughs> one of the biggest problems, one you talked about earlier, is we got to find a Baldwin. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't think of anybody I know who's going to do justice to Baldwin mm-hmm. to give it that weight and and the intellectualism and all that stuff mm-hmm. is one thing. To give it from the place of a young man, mm-hmm. which is so important, at yeah. least in that story, it's so important. Yeah. It's like, where are we going to get that energy? Yeah. Suddenly I realized I'm talking to him. <laughs> so we exchanged numbers, and I got him in for at least one of the readings. Yeah. Did you know that he was an actor, that Tandy was no, an actor? No, I started and asking him, and then he's like, no, yeah, we yeah. I did some stuff. I did some stuff, because before, before I met you, I didn't. I gotten the Queer Cultural Arts Grant. Because mm. mm-hmm. I, I moved here, and I really, like, Detroit was, I just felt like I had outgrown. Detroit. I had done mm-hmm. a couple of shows out there, and it just—it was Detroit. Is it was it was cold, and I was not—I just wasn't flourishing there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I come out to the Bay Area, and I end up applying for a grant for uh, the the Queer Cultural Arts Grant, and I just wrote them a treatment for this for this like this is a show I want to write about religion and sexuality in the Black Church, and mm-hmm. yay, let's do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were like, sure, here's some money. Wow. It didn't give me much money, but it was still like yeah, right. a lot of like just like 
oh wow, I'm in a place that nurtures mm -hmm. art. Even though even if even though they don't know me from Adam, right? They don't know. But it, and so so I had done a smaller version right. of Children of the Last Days just before we met. Right. And I was like, yeah, and it was a it was a show about uh, I played like five characters mm -hmm. and w where was this like, at? W w um, what what stage? The first time we did it was at the garage. Okay. And and oh, I don't even know that. Yeah. Yeah. It was the first time it was there, and it was a part of the the, the Pride thing, the queer queer arts mm -hmm. festival, queer arts festival, and I you know it was a di I was doing something different. It was black and Pam Peniston. Who oh yeah, she was really like on my side with that. Like, we want more black queer work, mm -hmm. and I was like, I got something to say, sure. Um, and so that was the first thing, and then meeting Norman and working with with with, with you Oakland Public Theater, with Oakland Public Theater, and mm -hmm. I really and I even put that in even my in like my bio. I was like, the work that I did with Oakland Public Theater is like was an amazing training ground for me. Like, mm -hmm. it really was. Good. The word-for-word word stuff, watch, like, creating before the dream, like, us being in that room. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. In that house, at Richard's right. house, being, like, all the paper everywhere. <laughs> and writing that. Yes. It was rough. Yes. It was but rough. It was, yeah. But it was important because it was, it, you, don't, you, can't, you can't go to school for that. Right. You can't. Like, right. it was just like, this is, it's, Put our, our our hands right in the in the muck of it, yeah. and it was great. So the work that I did with that, I, I even say now when I'm doing stuff like I can't. That's the best mm -hmm. internship that I ever yeah. felt. You hey, know you, what I mean? You, you know like you know it's funny. I because I, I write a journal entry and I write my journal entry all through the uh, before the dream thing. Mm -hmm. And there's mm -hmm. so many of us actors, not not necessarily me, who hated the process. Mm -hmm. Who just right. you know, like. <laughs> And this, and we still don't have a finished script, and oh, this, yeah. and oh my God, there's more things. But you came out of it in a very positive. It was a, I mean, it, yeah. was, it was a wonderful thing. I mean, I had. Well, wonderful I, I have learned things. not to torture people in quite that way. <laughs> um, but I'm so used to going from the raw material right. to, right. you know, crafting it to the finished product. Right. And now I'm much more aware that there's a point where you should do as much as you can to mine that. Before yeah. you bring other people into the mm, process, yeah. but I've used that though, like the stuff that I'm doing now. Like I wrote a show about Aretha Franklin, right, oh, right, and the work that I learned from work with the word for word work that we mm -hmm. did, we were able. I was like able to grab her book and other people's <gasps> books and like find ways and pull and connect yeah. the dots. Awesome. And do, mm -hmm. So it's all about a building block. Yeah, and yeah, that, it would. I would not have been able to do that if I hadn't had that experience so yeah. thank you yeah well it's been amazing to watch i mean you're across the country so we we only see mm -hmm. you on facebook mm -hmm. but to see this this continuing list of projects that you've That's been right. putting together has been amazing yeah i i'm crazy but i also like i i give us I a taste of the myself, list though i surround myself with people that like mm -hmm. that that can do other stuff for me because i only right. have a brain to do like the creative stuff, I right. can't, I cannot do the financial shit. Right. I cannot, I, I don't like to, and one, right. maybe one day I will, but mm -hmm. I don't like dealing with that part. Right. Yeah. I like the writing and I like the directing. Right. Um, so we've done um, Little Richard. Yes. Oh, oh, wow. That was the first thing. Mm -hmm. I, I, I basically did a show with these people called Tomcat. Um, right. <clears throat> which was fun. It was set in the 50s. And they came to me, and it was, and they came to me, and I was like, "So we do these shows for senior citizens, right?" And um, 
we do like you know, it's like nostalgia for them. And they're they're usually during the day, mm-hmm. and they're like t- ten a.m. shows, and mm-hmm. they're like ten fifteen dollars for the seniors sure. to, to you know just to have something to do. Mm-hmm. And they, like we've done, they've done Eartha Kit before, and they're like we want to do Little Richard. We want you to be Little Richard. And I said, sure. Mm-hmm. Can I write it? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, sure. <laughs> I literally, I know they were like, well, fuck, we don't want to do that. <laughs> Let this guy write him. So I wrote this piece, and it really was a lot of fun. Wow. I'm, I'm really happy with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and so that became, and I ended up writing it, and now like we became a group, or there's three of us, and we produce these mm-hmm. shows now. So we've done mm-hmm. Little Richard. We've done Diana Ross, um, Sam Cooke. Sam Cooke, I thought mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, who else? We, we and, and and it's really, and we we started with the seniors because mm-hmm. we that we love giving them that like nostalgia and right. it's, it's really the feedback from the from that community because mm-hmm. they're just grateful yeah. for for something to do. And so we started we started with the daytime shows and now we're doing evening shows and. We mm. found uh, a theater in mm-hmm. Marietta, Georgia, mm-hmm. The Strand. So we're like, the, the shows are growing. So huh. on this this year, I'm working on a Luther Vandross. Oh, so wow. that's what I'm writing. Yeah, we're gonna do Etta James later this year. Holy! And um, are these like mini musicals? They're mini musicals. Okay. They're like they're mm-hmm. live stories. We you know we go through their books, we go through their YouTube yeah. performances, and we just create mm-hmm. vignettes of their life. Nice, and nice. It's really fun. It's really great for like the boomer generation because they're mm-hmm. like, I remember that, or they'll, or they'll tell you you did that right, or they'll come in, <laughs> <laughs> or they come in. Well, baby, that was wrong, baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? right, right. And it's all you know. You, you just have to do your research, and yeah, you, it, it it feels really good because uh-huh. I I love my elders. I love mm-hmm. hanging out with them and yeah. getting their stories. That's my favorite. Mm-hmm part of like mm-hmm. I like mining those stories yeah here's a question for you so when you came to the Bay Area you found an environment that supported you I mean you know mm-hmm. like you you wrote a grant they gave you a grant do you find that same thing in Georgia it sounds no. like you know you no. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean you've been successful so maybe it's it, but it sounds like it's been harder it's for been you. yeah that's I mean I think that I've had to like use community more or or Figure out ways to conserve my energy and mm-hmm. partnering right. with people yeah. Yeah. that have skills that I don't have or have skills that I don't necessarily want to <laughs> spend right now. Sure, like, sure. You right. know, one of the directors is really great at finances. She just graduated from Georgia State with her degree in the entertainment industry, whatever nice. that is. Uh-huh. So she's crackerjack at all the budgets and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Good, good, like, good. Boom, boom, boom. And Blake is the other guy. And Blake is amazing. Um, Cause he's like, he he got it starting like the hip hop industry uh-huh. uh. in Georgia, like so mm-hmm. all of the he knows Ti. He used to do music videos and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and he's the hustler, but really passionate about it. Okay. So we yeah. each come with different perspectives, and I'm just like the, I just want to be creative and write and have fun. That <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so together we work together. But, but I think that finding finding the money. In Georgia, is it can be difficult because there's, and I think nonprofits in gen, in general, right. yeah. there's only so many funders, sure. and people have that, and and we come with this idea of like the lack mentality, and I don't, I right. feel like if we approached it differently, yeah, maybe, you know, we could 
there's enough. I feel like there's enough resources to go around. Sure. sure. But that's not how people operate. Yeah. Right. You know, and so th- in that way, Georgia was Georgia hasn't been that supportive. I, I'll tell you this this quick quick mm-hmm. quick story. Sure. When I did Children of the Last Days, mm-hmm. there was a event at the Queer Cultural Center. Where I came up and I did one of the characters, the prophetess. Right. Right. Who was really fun. This lady who was a televangelist type character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and prophetess was spelled like prophet. P-R-O-F-I-T. Got it. Prophetess. Got it. Yeah. Um, but the guy who went on before me, um, I won't say his name, but he basically, uh, his performance was he lip synced to a Johnny Cash song, stripped down naked, took an electric shaver. Shaved off his pubic hair. This all lips hmm. into a Johnny Cash song. Hmm. You can only do pull, that once. Pull, exactly. <laughs> Took lubricant, That's right. like sexual lubricant, yeah. poured it on his face like it was a beard, and then picked up the pubic hair and, and created a beard. Created a beard with the lube. Yeah. And I was like, that got funded. Somebody paid for that. <laughs> That's the difference between the Bay Area and yeah. Georgia. They're not going to fund that in Georgia. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> you're right. Wow. And so, when, but, but I mean, you can find, and he f- figured out a way to find the cultural relevance of what he was saying. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and and there was something about that, and I get okay. it. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, meditational masculinity and, and okay. you yeah. know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, <laughs> it's the South where I am. Right. Yeah, so they're yeah, not yeah. going to be, uh-huh. they're going to be like, oh, that's just vulgar. So what, what, so what brought you in the South? I mean, I know that you love Georgia, but. I Tony. fell in love. My <laughs> husband, Tony. Yeah. I was, I was. Um, I love Tony. Yeah. I, I think I've only met him once. Yes, you've only met him once. And um, Tony flew into town <laughs> so that they could get a band and yeah. go pick up, was it your stuff? Pick that up you guys stuff. Could pick up and drive. Yes, because we had to. We stopped in Oakland, and then mm-hmm. we. He was living in San Diego at, a t- at right. the time, and so we were in Oakland, and we picked mm-hmm. up a van, unloaded my house, and then we drove down to San Diego and unloaded his house mm-hmm. and got a truck right. for the rest of his stuff, and we drove cross country to yeah. Greensboro, which is where we first mm-hmm. were. So I basically fell in love. Now, this is love. I mean, yeah. it was like, wow. Yeah. yeah. You tell, how, how did you guys meet? Because I don't think you yeah. were with him when we, in 2007. I was doing. Um, oh, uh, that yeah. uh, two-man piece. I was doing the two-man piece. I was doing uh, a show called Armstrong's Kid. Yes. Which actually premiered here in Oakland. Yeah. Um, I saw it. Yeah, it was, it was a two-man piece with a guy named Stanley Bennett Clay. And we, we did it, and uh, we ended up, it ended up going off-Broadway. Right. All right. Yeah. And uh, we were off Broadway for like two, three months, and then we got this gig on a cruise ship. Mm-hmm. And so they, the cruise ship kind of bought us for the week. Um, it was like a private group from the cruise ship, and I met Tony on the cruise ship. Right. It was a, it was a, and it Love was first sight. Love at second sight. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I thought it was just supposed to be a fling. Like I want a sh- cruise ship. Right. I'm in the islands. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so I it was doing between that and then. I was doing Afro Pomo Homos at the same time, right? And so, oh, that's right. You were traveling like I was crazy traveling at a lot moment. at yeah. that time. Mm-hmm. At that time, and so Tony was just kind of like hanging out. He was in San Diego. He was a, a associate or assistant superintendent of San Diego schools at the time, mm-hmm. and so we were kind of doing the long distance thing. Okay, and he got laid off, and I was just like, I'm sick of traveling. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he got this opportunity in North Carolina, and I said, Well, I'll help you move. 
and the rest is history. <laughs> it was like, and and then mm-hmm. he um, transitioned to Atlanta and because Atlanta was mm-hmm. uh, growing as a place for TV and film, and I was like, how about I try that? And yeah, so right. That's where I'm. I'm I'm, I'm happy there. Now. now, how is he handling uh, your your theater life? Because I mean, we've talked about how, like with mm-hmm. Mara and right. other folks, sometimes it's you know people understand your, your significant. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they don't. Right. Has, it, has it been a difficulty? Um, some, you know what? Usually it's not. Mm-hmm. Usually he understands. But I think this last show I just did, Angels in America, mm-hmm. right. right on. Yes, parts one and two. Yeah, and it was by far like the most exhaustive exhausting process mm-hmm. that I've ever been through just mm-hmm. emotionally. It's yeah. a seven hour show when you yeah. really do both parts. And he and, and he's on the road a lot mm-hmm. with his with his work. And so I come home and I just be like, I'm drained. I, and mm-hmm. that was that's been the only time where we've really like had like I need you to understand that I'm drained or well, he won't understand where if I want if I want to go out and hang out with the cast after the show right. on the very few nights that we have because we're doing right. yeah. you know five shows a week right and it's this one time where we can like download right. with each other like you yeah. know you know you understand that set sure it's our cat it, and I and I had to relate to him I said it's like when you have a staff meeting with your teachers yeah that's what that's the only way I can connect it to them because mm-hmm. it's like right. this is our opportunity for us to download. What went wrong? What went right? What we need to work on? What we need to talk to the stage manager about? Right. What do you talk about our, to our interns? Like what? Right. Yeah. And that's when it clicked for him. I was like, I had to really relate it. Right. Of him because he wasn't understanding. Like well, people outside are not going to understand. Right. Like this is our, it's our unwind time. Yeah. It's where we can actually be like, oh, I think we did good that day. Mm-hmm. Did you or did you see that person in the front row? Right. Crackling that paper or. <laughs> Right, right. She just wouldn't stop. Or do talking. you know why? Do you know why I'm taking this extra moment at this point? Right. I'm not holding you up. I'm trying to get this done. This is actually a moment where you could so do I this can other feel thing. That. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because we have yeah, and that show has so many different oh, layers. It's it very is layered. It is, you know, and, and even and I I hate that we were only able to do it for five weeks. Mm. Um, parts yeah. one and two. Right. We did it in rep. And I look at what y'all got going on at the Berkeley River. Like, y'all get to go. They're running it from April to July or June. I'm so bad because I'm like, oh, those bastards. <laughs> I can't believe. Um, but we but, but we, we did a thing. Yeah. And we uh, we accomplished. And it, it, and it, it went over really well. But it, it it's for someone who's not really in business it, it mm-hmm. you know but i'm not in his business of education so i yeah he right. has to sometimes break break down things for me no right. I, I do yeah. that mars a musician so she doesn't understand theater mm-hmm. um one of the things i have implemented is i do a weekly let's we we have a calendar date mm-hmm. we're, we're gonna do it tomorrow morning <laughs> and we sit down and we go through it was originally just a week but now i'm like let's look at the next two weeks and part of that is just to give you a heads up on what's coming up but also to say like with me right now, we're, we perform five days a week. Right. Um, that means there's only two days where we might be together. And when we have our son, that Monday, or actually Monday's period, she goes and she picks him up. Mm-hmm. Um, he does a, an after-school program. She goes and she picks him up after that so that he's not getting home after 9 o'clock at night, wow. which means that evening is gone. So really, we've got Tuesday night this coming week. <laughs> 
And then the next time we just added a show, so mm-hmm. I don't even have that one. Absolutely. So I'm like, heads up, this is when we got. And if we don't have the evening time, when might we have daytime? You know, yeah. uh, sometimes it's a Saturday afternoon. Uh, sometimes we can do a Wednesday. They have a short day on Wednesdays, and we can do lunch or maybe even go for a bike ride. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to it's make sure that we do that, do that because yeah. that it's way important. I can go do my work and feel good about what I'm doing mm-hmm. and not feel like I'm my relationship is sacrificing. Because when you do when you, when you don't have those, you, you can get off. And it's really good to stay on that schedule because Tony and I, we had – we, we have had mm-hmm. weekly meetings. Mm-hmm. This is what it's about, blah, 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 right. blah, blah. Right, And, you know, we've been together seven years now. Yeah. <laughs> and so, wow. And, and it's great, but you can get off track from that. Like, yeah, it's easy. It's just life. It's just yeah. life. But when we, we know that when we follow that schedule, we're so much better oh, yeah. for it. We feel yeah. better. But when we're not, we're at each other's throats. Uh, we're thinking, you don't, you don't listen to me. Yeah. You're not respecting oh, my time. I can't and if it home, doesn't you happen, you're, you're pulling out each other's hair. You're mm. like, why do I hate you now? You know what I did this morning? <laughs> I washed dishes this morning. Good for you. Because I, I, wa- no, I walked in last night. The sink was full. The mm. counters were full. That's three days worth of dishes. And I went, ooh, this woman cannot stand to go a day yeah. without mm-hmm. washing. If she lets it go for one night. She probably mm-hmm. le- so I walked upstairs, and she was all happy to see me. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, but she said, what? I said, wait a minute. I'll come back. And I went downstairs, and I took a picture, and I brought it up, and I showed her. And I said, I'm figuring I, I, I got to get up in the morning and do dishes. And big smile on her face. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I said, and let me apologize and say you shouldn't have to ask. You shouldn't have to. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to do better about mm-hmm. this because mm-hmm. part of what that is saying is I've not been there, which is part mm-hmm. of why I didn't do it. I didn't make no dishes, yeah. so <laughs> I, I mean, out of out of three <laughs> days worth of dishes, mm-hmm. there might have been three of that you that I touched. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's a question for you two married folks, because I take for granted being a single guy. Like mm-hmm. I can pick up a job. Like an acting job. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm bored. Let me just go grab something. Mm-hmm. But is there resentment among your partners? Let's say if you let's say you finish a job and then you're like, oh, I just got, you know, somebody called me. I'm going to do another job. It's like, God damn it. I thought we were going to have some time to each other. Of course. Of course there's some. Yeah. But, I mean, that's for me, being with an artist. Yeah. You know, she – because I have to oh, understand. But you, you have to do the same – I mean, oh, you have to go through mm-hmm. the same thing. For me, from her perspective, you're right because yeah. that's a big – that's a two-month commitment. Right. So mm-hmm. that's big. But from my perspective, we made plans to go to dinner because we're going to do X. And yeah. she'll come home and go, oh, I just picked up a gig. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm like, okay. Occasionally it's been. We've made reservations. Have to cancel. The re- I'm like, right. Yeah. And what am I going to do tonight? Yeah. I didn't make other plans because mm-hmm. I was going to be home. So here's a question. So let's say someone gives you an opportunity. Hey, you know, we want you for this role for whatever. Do you talk about it with your partner? Do you say, hey, I've been offered this role? Well, what do you it think? Depends on the yeah. role, or, or do you just say, "Look, I took it, and that's it." It depends on. Uh, for me, it depends on like how much of a commitment it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony and I are in the process of adopting right now. All right, and so that is going to change everything. Oh yeah. Even before I took Angels, I actually spoke with the casting director. Like, listen, I don't know if you know, because I was like, I don't know if I should audition for this because we are. In the process, and if this baby comes in the middle of it, I know right. the time commitment mm-hmm. right. that this show is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, knock on wood. And the universe how it works how the universe works. Yeah. And the, 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 the situation, we will probably be getting her in the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, right. 
and it didn't happen around Christmas like it was supposed. Mm-hmm. Right. We thought it was going to happen, mm-hmm. and that's and that's great that that it just worked out the way that it did. It's better. Y'all don't want to be yeah. to celebrate that around Christmas. Cele- you know, uh, Christmas, a show, baby, family, all rehearsals. Yeah. I started rehearsals December fifth, uh-huh. so it would, it would have been yeah, yeah, a lot right. happening. Um, so and I think yeah, having the discussion, especially when you take on a, a the certain type of of the size right. of the project right. because you know the time committed, especially with theater. Yeah. Theater, you are your your evenings you're gone. Nine times out of ten. Yeah. You're gone. Yeah. So and then when you add children in there, you guys have a son. Right. So it's just kinda like how do we but if it's like uh hopefully I'll do I hope I'm trying to do more T V and film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. if it's like a day player role, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna take that. Because mm-hmm. we like we like that. And right. we like we like the, the money that comes along with yeah, it because it's going to help it. Yeah. So there is a discussion, yeah. but it's not a, wow, I've got this opportunity. Should I do it? It's more like a, I want to do it or I'm worried about it, and now I'm giving you a chance to have some input. Right. I've kind of come to a decision about right. it for myself. So and if by the time if Mara says no or if Tony says no, mm-hmm. then you're going to say no or you're going to be like, well, listen, I know you don't like this, but I'm right. take it. No, they if don't it say got no. to that, right? If it got to that, <laughs> I don't think they know because because that's yeah. the other side of it. Like I could be mad about the number of times that Mara does that, and then I say, "Well, wait a minute, but this is who I married." Yeah. Right. If I didn't recognize that that's what it was going to be, mm-hmm. shame on me. That's right. on mm-hmm. me. It's not on her. Right. It's not her problem. Right. Absolutely. And I've I've, I've kind of made the commitment. Like I've I've been and I've told Tony. I said because of the shows that I'm working on writing for the. Just for example, for the rest of the year, the shows that we're working on writing and, mm-hmm. and producing, mm-hmm. and the TV and film gigs that I'm hoping to get, mm-hmm. I'm like, Angels was enough for me to, to sustain me for a minute, <laughs> right? Before I do theater again mm-hmm. for a while, so maybe I won't do it. So it's 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 a real conversation about like, this is what I'm physically willing and able to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Especially knowing that, okay, there's a child coming. So having that real conversation mm-hmm. with yourself first and being yeah. like, this is what I can handle. And let's – and it goes back to the, having those calendar dates and those, right. those yeah. meetings of just like, let's map it out. Because Tony right. travels a lot himself. Tony's yeah. a right. consultant. So, like, mm-hmm. let's be realistic about what we're able right. to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, is, there t- is there any technique that you use? Like, I don't know, Meisner or, or whatever or – is it really well, just something that you've just learned on you I've know, done, from working? I, I think that um, if, I, if it was a technique, I, I, I'm more comfortable with Meisner. Okay. Um, and I once I moved to Atlanta, and, and even when I was here, I took some classes. Mm-hmm. A lot of the work that I did with Norman helped out with, mm-hmm. with you know, just conceptualizing. Yeah, conceptualizing. Absolutely. That was a lot of – since I didn't have, like, formal, formal training, Right. I went – once I got to Atlanta, I did go back and take some more classes mm-hmm. and, and anything that I could get my hands on. When I was in New York, I took some classes. Um, but most Meisner worked for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. better. And then, like, um, uh, this book, Transformational Acting by oh. Sandy Sharin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really like the fact that one of her techniques was like, you're. Asking your character what your character would do what they when they were off stage. 
Ah, okay. so oh. yeah. I like That's so a good one. I started doing things like creating playlists for my character or packing mm. a bag for my character. Yeah. I was working on something that I really if I really had to dig deep into yeah, someone's like, character development. Right. It was even really, if it goes beyond the script. Right, right. exactly. Yeah. That so those are the types of things that like if 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 they have a technique, those are the type of things that, that, that I do. But and sometimes so like so for with Belize, um, which is mm. such a mm-hmm. uh, uh, uh I guess an iconic character, thanks to yeah. Jeffrey Wright, and, uh-huh. and you know, and um, oh, Harry Waters Jr., oh, who uh, created the role, right? Who, um, who, who was out here for a while? Yeah, he was directing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, to find the like that particular character, it was like for me, it was like musical. I had to like listen to the right type of music, right, mm. and like get into like meditation because mm-hmm. it was finding the balance of him being. Not a parody of this snapping queen, right? And him the really right. It can't be Lakaja Fog, right? Him being like the spiritual being that he was, yes. And the the moral, he's kind of a moral, the moral center of of the play in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like so, it really had to do with like finding that that that, that balance. Mm-hmm. And Tony Kushner wrote such a a, a beautiful script. Mm-hmm. A lot of that shit was in the text right. already, yeah. so you just had to say it and trust your other actor, mm-hmm. Tr- and right. trust who you were working with. Yeah. Uh-huh. That you were just okay. We're gonna get this right. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. So that, I guess if I do have a technique, that would be very cool. Yeah. Well, we're hitting the one hour mark. I mean, we've had a lot of fun. Um, wow. Shout outs. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, and it's funny. I do want if, if people are interested in Lucia Berlin stories. Please jump on the website, but buy tickets as quick as possible because they are just, they are almost all gone. Mm-hmm. The two new shows, I haven't looked, um, they gave us 24 hours to let our friends and family know. Wow. And like Thursday night, we had a handful of empty seats, but it didn't say sold out. Mm-hmm. Everything else has said sold out. Mm-hmm. So that's been good. Um, Ubuntu Streetcar closes tomorrow, and I. I'm so stupid. I thought they had an evening show, so I thought I'd be able to race across the bay and see their show. Nope, they got a matinee just like we have a matinee, so I'm going to race across the bay and try to help with strike. Yeah. (laughs) That's all I'm going to get to do. Um, I feel, since it's Black History Month, I should at least acknowledge the African American Shakespeare Company is doing Streetcar, which I would have been really excited about before Mm -hmm. Ubuntu's. Yeah. But Ubuntu has a way of, you know, just colorizing um, a script. Mm-hmm. is interesting in some ways, but in some ways it's just sort of, you know, it's kind of obvious. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping that that script will do more than just do that. But uh, but mm-hmm. Kahari. Kari Moy. Kari. Yeah. Kari mm. is uh, Kari Moy is, is playing Stanley. Yep. And he's been on, and uh, he and yeah. Rich did uh, Civil War Christmas. That's right. And that's uh, Amer- African American Shakes. And we have plenty of time to uh, promote I think, I, I, think I did a short film with Kari. With Kari? Yeah. Is that what you did I think I did? Uh, yeah, small world, huh? Wow. <laughs> now he's definitely coming up. Yeah, and so, so that'll be March four through March eighteen. Mm-hmm. So we'll have plenty of time to promote to promote Street it. Car, and let's see what they do with it. Yeah, uh, I'll be but curious you know, to hear. we'll but we'll pimp um, Ubuntu's Street Car, yeah. and tomorrow's the last day, right? Uh, tomorrow's the last day. Yeah. Um, theater First has a show, and I can't even say anything about it. I just know that if it's a Theater First show, people should go see it. <laughs> yeah. Um, birthdays. Um, so a good friend of mine, Tonya Edmonds, uh, she and I were um, 
ex um, Duke Ellington School of the Arts. We uh, graduated from Duke Ellington High School of the Arts. Really? And she is busy in New York City, you know, tearing it up. Uh, we did uh, Bubbling Brown Sugar, uh, which Ooh. was a sort of a Duke Ellington sort right. of um, musical. Uh, musical. Yeah, about the Harlem Renaissance, and mm-hmm. she was my wife, Irene, and, you know, we danced and all sorts of stuff. That was really, really cool. So uh, happy birthday, happy belated birthday, Tonya. Mm. Um, on the 22nd, two days ago, Mara Fox. Yeah. <laughs> I think you know her, Norman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, and I'm com- telling you, this, this uh, every other Tuesday gig is, is worth coming out to. So yeah. People should come. Manny Cabrera, uh, he is a um, Bindlestiff uh, actor. Uh, also, Melissa... Mombois, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, she and I were on the stage at the DMT for Grey Gardens, uh, where she played young Edie Bouvier. Uh, that was so her birthday was on the 22nd. Conrad Panganaban. Oh, is it his birthday? Uh, his birthday was yesterday. Ah. Um, he's a playwright. He's sort of the resident playwright at uh, Bindlestiff, and mm. he's done a bunch of other stuff right. too. Misty Ann Laurietel. Um, she's a fantastic actress, beautiful actress. I hope she gets back on stage again. Mm-hmm. Um, we did um, t- um, 100 Years of Sex Acts. Um, mm. There's a wonderful piece called Don Perlimplin, uh, which is a uh, sort of a, I think it's written by Lorca, mm-hmm. uh, an Italian piece. Uh-huh. It's one of these, oh. uh, Camellia, Camellia, Camellia dell'arte. Oh, okay. And uh, she was in that, but that was a long time ago. That was a uh, Eastender thing. Eastenders, yes. Um, Alan Byron, that's another uh, Bindlestiff actor. Uh, his birthday was yesterday. Mm. Today, Jocelyn Stringer, uh, she's an actor with Off Broadway West. Her huh. birthday is today. Mm-hmm. Also, Sarah Corda, another ex Eastender. Um, and two days from now, another um, Ellingtonite. Uh, who is an actress and also she teaches theater mm-hmm. and music theory at Duke Ellington, no. Leslie Delane. So, wow. Leslie, happy birthday to you. And on the 28th, Matt Hohensey, mm-hmm. who is a who's the musical director for um, Ray of Light Theater. Uh-huh. Um, as a matter of fact, a uh, quick funny story. So we did Bat Boy the Musical oh, right. <laughs> at, um, at um, Ray of Light Theater. Mm-hmm. And the musical director at the time got drunk. Mm-hmm. And started hitting on some of the girls, and oh. uh, told me as a stage manager, fire them. <laughs> wow. And then we hired Matt Hohensey, who did a fantastic job, oh. and it was directed by James Eichelhart. Ah, who wow! Was, uh, who is a big, big Broadway star? Exactly now. now. <laughs> so that's cool. it. Th- those uh, are my birthday shoutouts. Birthdays. Uh, Lily Tung Crystal is a um, is the artistic director, founder of Ferocious Lotus mm. Theater Company. They've been doing a lot in recent years. Cool. Uh, Brian Herndon is just one of those. I don't know if he considers himself a triple threat. He's definitely – I've seen him. I saw him in Little Shop of Horrors mm. um, in actor, director, teacher. Uh, you mentioned Conrad. Matthew Quinn um, is one of the people that I've always said that I think producer – being a producer is a creative, you know, artistic part of the process. Matthew Quinn proves that he's been amazing. Mm. Um, and what's coming up this week? Wilma Bonet, uh, local actress. Mm-hmm. Um, E.J., who we had on here, E.J. Gibson, hey, who's just right. finishing up in Streetcar with Ubuntu. Yeah. He's, um, uh, Meg Patterson, Bay Area mm-hmm. director. Jeffrey Beer, Bay Area director. It's a director birthday week. Mm. Right. Um, anybody else? Lewis Campbell, a uh, producer. Mm-hmm. So, it, yeah, it's it's that side of the – and then Richard Squarey, okay. um, who is a fight choreographer hmm. and occasionally gets dragged on stage mm-hmm. um, but these are the birthdays that are coming up in the next week happy birthday y'all. all right let us know if you have any projects coming up yeah 
and shows, the only other show, we've talked about Streetcar, uh, the African-American takes, and also Ubuntu. Uh, but there's also Playland Productions is doing a thing called The Grateful Deadly. And I don't know if you've heard about this. This is a sort of a dedication to The Grateful Dead. They're writing pieces regarding uh, uh, Grateful uh, Dead. Where's this? Wow. Playland Productions. Oh. Um, it's seven plays by six playwrights. And uh, we had Dan. Oh, shoot. I'm, uh, um, oh, Dan. Dan Wilson. Yeah. Who was directing one piece, and it was written by another guy, Jerome Gentes, mm-hmm. who I interviewed on the Yay. This was actually the very first interview that I did on the Yay. You oh, are here. Oh, right. Uh, Jerome Gentes also runs um, the Musical Cafe and Play Cafe, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, sponsored a couple of pieces that I did. Mm-hmm. So he's also a, as, as well as directing, you know, managing that, he's also a budding playwright, and Dan Wilson is directing it. So once again, that is Playland Productions, uh, March the 8th through the 10th, mm-hmm. and then March the 15th through the 17th. What about you, Tandiway? What, what do you have going on? Um, well, I had to look some things up because I've I'm <laughs> always on our phones and I know stuff. <laughs> terrible with dates. But yeah. the next thing that I'm um, uh, natural woman, the Aretha story that I wrote, right we'll on in, uh, Lithonia. Uh-huh. We 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 do we do shows in Marietta, Atlanta, and uh, Lithonia. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of like trying to get the little trifecta of yeah. of Atlanta. Um, that's coming back in April. Cool. April, and then we're doing a gospel review. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that will be in May, and then in June is, is the Luther Vandross show that I'm writing. Do you ever um, film the stuff and put it on YouTube so that we, so that everyone else can see it? Not really. Okay. Because I think we're we're still trying to you know some of the music rights. Right. Are, oh, I we're hear really you. trying I hear you. to get yeah. out. Even though we do, even though we, we were doing covers and making really fun renditions of the songs, yeah. we just don't want to get into like... Uh, yeah, you don't want to get sued. Yeah, right. that's not... I'm yeah. not trying to get into that right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I do have... I believe that... Uh, I did I, I, I did a two-episode arc of a show, a new show called uh, Lodge 49. It's mm. going to be on AMC. Mm-hmm. Wow. And... Uh, I it's it's a small role, but it was my first mm-hmm. SAG gig, which yeah. I'm really uh-huh. like, yay! I did a yeah. SAG show, but I was opposite, and I didn't even realize who this guy was until after mm-hmm. I googled him. His name is um oh something Russell. He's basically Goldie Hawn and Kirk Russell's son. Oh, wow. he's this okay. really cute little bearded white guy, uh-huh. and we had a cool scene together. And it's um, called Lodge. It's called Lodge Forty Nine, and it's it? a really cool show about um. Two guys who are at really crazy spaces in their life, and they find uh, a connection uh-huh. at uh, at an old lodge, and they revive uh, like a, you know like a mason's lodge. Huh. They revive like an older guy and a younger guy. They and mm-hmm. a guy, the older guy is a black guy, and the younger guy is a young white guy, mm-hmm. and they're both just misfits and they're having issues. And they find a new connection with these nice. crazy characters and at a lodge. And there's like a lot of mysticism. It's uh, it's a really cool that sounds new great. show, and I Lodge did forty nine. We'll, we'll, we'll plug that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, they, I, they're, they're ten episodes. And I'm on the first episode of the season and the last episode of the season. Nice. Uh-huh. So, and they didn't kill me off, so maybe yeah. I'll be back next season. Right. I did want to ask you. I know that we're closing, but um, you've gotten into writing. I mean, you've written a bunch of stuff. Was there a transition from between acting and writing, or have you always written? I think I've always written, um, but it was just kind of like. Uh, now writing, it's interesting with these 
little uh, old school R and B. Yeah. It's more more feels like I'm pumping out stuff. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is a which is good because it gets the muscle. Yeah. Right. Right, as, as mm-hmm. opposed to just writing for myself. Right. I'm like writing with a deadline in mind sure. because, yeah. like, you know, these folks want their shows. They've already right. bought the tickets. Yeah. I need to make sure I and have. You haven't something had any training them. in writing. I mean, you're just doing it on your own. Yeah, I'm just doing it on my own. Like for the most part, I've I've written since you know high school mm-hmm. and a little bit in college, but it mm-hmm. was mainly looking at other scripts and reading. I'm like, I'm, I'm yeah. voracious when it comes to like reading other people's scripts and, yeah. and, and basically following the framework or, mm-hmm. or just, I, I love theater. So I like, you yeah. know, you know, you, 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 you pick and choose, you steal what you want to steal, not yeah. steal, but you just like, yeah, yeah. Oh, this, this type of, uh, mm-hmm. format is really cool for me. I want to try yeah. it out and see if it works. So. No, that's fantastic. I mean, you're, you're really establishing yourself. So that's, that's, that's fantastic. And yeah, also you're getting into, you know, uh, the, uh, the TV and all that sort of stuff. Um, I'd like to do more TV. Yeah. Really, and there are really more opportunities because, you know, like we had Wiley Herman on last week. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, not last week, but uh, <laughs> hey, what's up? We're doing a selfie. <laughs> hey. um, but Wiley was talking about transitioning from theater to film or, uh, oh, right. you know, yeah. all of these other opportunities. Mm-hmm. Do you think that'll be the next step or uh, it's, it, it is a step for you right it now? Is, yeah, I would like to, like, I, I was talking about, like, I really want to write a pilot. Mm-hmm. But I also... Again, I just want to be on the creative side of it. Like, right. I don't necessarily want to yeah. do the, the, the. You know, you got to find the agent and find the. Uh, I just, I really just want to be able to create, mm-hmm. and you know, it. You know, I, I, I think that's maybe that's just the lazy Sagittarius. Yeah. But also, you say. you control your own destiny. You know, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Right. So maybe one day I'll do more of uh, on the producing side, or mm-hmm. as far as like. But I, I, I love being in my head right now. Hmm. That's just where I am. Right now. <laughs> well, it's a beautiful place to be because <laughs> you've done some fantastic, fantastic I stuff. I appreciate that, man. And so have you, man. I'm really, really Well, yeah, really thank honest. you. Thank it's you. It's definitely almost. been a creative period. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. All right. I think we need to wind it down. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Did you have fun, Tandiwe? I had a great time. I'm, awesome. I'm, thank you so much for having me, man. I appreciate it. Rock on. And uh, as uh, as Norman does a little um, a little uh, selfie, I'll do my last blurb. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> um, you can find the Yay on the Apple Podcast app on all iPhones and iPads. You can also find the Yay on iTunes. Just click on iTunes, click on Store. Don't worry, you're not going to buy anything. Use the search engine on the upper left hand side and search for the Yay. You can find us. For Android users, download the SoundCloud app or just go on SoundCloud.com and search for the Yay. The A was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise or you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook and we will take it from there. And we got to find a better sign-off. And we are out. (laughs) (laughs) See you later.